0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Hyperbaric Goat Podcast with myself, Brad Roll, and with me is JT. Hello. And this week we're continuing our countdown of our top 10 Only Fools and Horses episodes. This week we're looking at an episode called Video Nasty. And this is from season 5, and it's episode 5 of season 5. And it's um, quite a good little episode, actually. It's not exactly one that is pivotal in any sense to... The overarching plot of Only Fools, but it's just one of the most memorable for me personally. Anyway, it's quite a memorable one just because it's got so many good one-liners in it, and it's just an easy watching episode. What do you think, JT?
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, it might be one that people are surprised that we've included, particularly so high. I mean, we're at number four now, um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun episode. Um, it's it's a bit silly, but we've we've covered a couple of sort of quite pivotal, emotional episodes the last couple, so this is a bit more light hearted. Not that the other ones were heavy in any way, but they had sort of more heavier moments. So this is just a bit of a, a silly fun episode really. It attracted 17 and a half million viewers when it aired as well. So quite a healthy uh, viewer there.
0: That's yeah, that's a good um rating. That's 28th of September 1986, this one aired. And um what you said there, you know, it's just a good funny silly episode. And it is it's it's classic only falls in the sense that in this episode like Rodney gets an opportunity that he's really excited about. And then Dell gets involved and basically balls us at all up, doesn't he? got <laughs> takes over. <laughs> well,
1: we've never Ruins seen that Rodney's before, have three.
0: we? Yeah, I've never seen it. No, it's like a... <laughs> <laughs> but he gets involved and everything goes to pot as usual. And it's just a classic Only Fool's plot. And once again, yeah. as we mentioned before, it's a good episode because it's got a good range of characters. You know, Triggs in there, Boise's in there. It's got a good little side cast as well as the, the three trotters.
1: Yeah, I think... Um... Apart from Denzel, everyone makes an appearance in this one, don't they? Um, I think Denzel wasn't really in this series much, was he, Series 5? He was obviously doing other things. I don't know when the full Monty came out. It was probably after this, wasn't it? But I think yeah, he yeah, was...
0: Yeah, well, Monty was early 90s, I believe. Yeah,
1: yeah he, he didn't really appear much in Series 5, from what I can remember. He mainly sort of made a comeback in the specials, didn't he, after the, the actual series finished. He's in most of the specials then.
0: He is, yeah, considering he's one of the first... Um, like. Of friends of Dell that we meet, I mean, he's in quite a few of the early seasons, like here and there, but yeah, he's not a consistent, like his appearances aren't anywhere near the level of, say, you know, Trigg or Boyce or anyone like that, but he is still a memorable character in his own right, and like you said, yeah, I think it's the specials, because he was even in, like, um, To Hullenback, wasn't he, which is one of the first specials, I think.
1: That was the first feature length special they did, I think that was the episode where he really sort of came of age, wasn't it? He was one of the main characters in that episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was. He was like, especially for the first chunk of that episode, like the main driving force, we actually followed him when Dale's in the back of his lorry, isn't it? And I bet it's mainly focused on Denzel's little story there. So, yeah. It is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But yeah, he's the only sort of main character who doesn't appear in this one. Everyone else gets, gets a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, um... The episode starts off in the Nag's head, where we uh, see Trigon boys playing a game of cards. You know, back when you're actually allowed to play cards and bet back in pubs, I'd imagine. But well, nowadays, I don't know. There's,
1: there's a sorry, there's another episode, isn't there, where Mike's pissed off, they're betting and gambling in the pub. I don't know I can't remember what episode it is. Um, and he, he has, yeah. he, has a, he has a go. At, um, Dale doesn't even, he goes up to buy a round of drinks, saying, "I don't want you gambling in my pub." So yeah, yeah he I think
0: said he's like he knows of money crossing hands. I don't know. Yeah, like I so said, I don't know if that that's before or after, but I know pubs actually um, used to get in trouble, didn't they? Because they actually needed the gambler's license, even yeah. people were just making friendly bets of each other.
1: That's right, yeah. I mean, you could also smoke in pubs back in, in these days. We're back on cigarettes again, aren't we? We like mentioning we cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> well, every time we
0: see Boise, he's got a cigar like a Hamlet in his mouth, hasn't he? <laughs> he
1: has, yeah.
0: <laughs> so they're playing cards and Trigger's like ribbing him, and he? He's like saying, what's wrong with you, Boise? You ain't cheated once tonight. You don't seem like your own self.
1: Yeah. Boyce is um he's pissed off because they've been having tests, him and Marlene, and um they well they can't have kids basically, which is sort of the running story throughout this episode, isn't it? That's the only sort of underlying story we have in this episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, because it is mentioned quite a lot up until obviously we know that obviously Marlene does have a kid eventually, spoiler alert for anyone out there. But um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Boyce he's like was it? We've been he's been going over all the tests and everything and it's like What's that line he says? He's like, I've tried to console Marlene. I've said, God didn't mean for you to have children, so shut up about it, which is about <laughs> as caring as Boise gets, isn't it? That's,
1: really? that's pretty caring for Boise, isn't it? Um, it is, yeah. he, he thinks Marlene's the problem, but we, we find out later that that's actually not the case.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's like, she's like a strange ape and knocking out her first chabby.
1: <laughs> this is also <laughs> Mike, Mike sort of makes an appearance in this little scene and he he talks about, um, Triggers talking about how he wanted to be a dad, isn't he? And then he says something about his birth certificate. Is it Boise? He mentions Triggers' birth certificate. Who's the father on your birth certificate? He says, doesn't he? Yeah. Triggers like oh, yeah. I don't know. It's a long time ago. Boise keeps sort of ribbing him to say it, and he's like, "So who is the father on your birth certificate then? What what did your mum put on there?" Trig comes back with some soldiers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Trig. <laughs> There's a bit there, you know, like when he says, "Um, because Boyce is talking and then Triggs like, I'd like to be someone's dad. And then Boyce just carries on talking. and It's like, it's almost that other thing that like we were mentioning in, in last week's episode. Like no one really pays attention to what Trigg says. You know, him saying, you know, I'd like to be a dad. You would have thought like someone would turn around, like, oh yeah, you know, you know, what would you like, a boy or a girl or something. But they just yeah. completely blank
1: him at that I mean, stage. It's quite a big thing for Trigg to come out with because he doesn't really sort of come out with things that are serious. He just says stupid things all the time. So... You think Trigg, voice uh, would have turned around and said, oh, okay, yeah, really, you know, and like you say, sort of made him expand on that a little bit, but, yeah, he doesn't, does he?
0: One thing about this scene as well, um, I don't know if you noticed when you are re-watching it, but it's one of the few scenes where we actually get a shot of the nags head from a different angle, because normally nah. you, we, it's shot from the front, so you've got the bar in front of you, yeah. and they always usually enter from the right-hand side of that shot, and then you just see them sat on the left-hand side sometimes. But... By that comparison, they're actually sat on what would be the left-hand side normally, but you're actually seeing it from the other entrance of the pub, so it's actually shot from a different angle, and I don't know if that's the first time they've used that. Um, but I just noticed, because normally like you only see the nags head from kind of one frame, because like, for a live audience, the set's only ever in one position, isn't it? So it's very rare yeah. to see it got another way.
1: I, n- I never picked up on that. It's a good spot. One thing I have noticed about the nags head is, obviously, it's had a quite a few different um, exteriors, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it seems to have moved location and changed quite a bit over the years but inside it's pretty much always stuck the same
0: yeah because i know in some episodes it looks like it's like right on the right on the side of like a really busy street and other sides yeah. it looks like it's like tucked away it's got like a car park and everything hasn't it and it's just yeah. always in sometimes in a built-up area next time it's on the middle of a high street it's all over the place
1: <laughs> well the the early episodes of only Falls were filmed in london weren't they and then they got so popular they had to move it to Bristol because people were just camping outside waiting for them to start filming and stuff. So they moved it to Bristol where it's a bit more undercover.
0: Yeah, I remember that because that's the location for Nelson Mandela House, wasn't it, originally? Um, yeah. The exteriors were all shot in London. The thing actually in Peckham, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I used to live in Bristol, but this would be after any Fools was filmed there.
0: So, um as always, we digress. <laughs> 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 but... <laughs> But um, then we cut to a scene after that uh, and Mickey's at the bar and he's with a girl called Amanda. And he, her group, they're kind of like a proper 80s punky kind of greaser type group. Um, yeah. It's kind of a, a look and a style that you and I aren't altogether unfamiliar with from days past. But
1: um... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's got bloody great Mohicans sort of cones going on, all multi-coloured and shit. She, she has,
0: yeah. She looks like an extra from Marilyn Manson. Yes, yeah, she does. Mohawk going on, loads and loads of slap. Um, she reminds me of Schmell from This Is England, if anyone's ever oh, seen that, actually.
1: Yeah, you're right. I knew she reminded me of someone. She actually does. She, Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
0: <laughs> um, so he's uh, um, with this girl called Amanda, and um, he's chatting to her, and then she's off. So he gives her a like, some money, like a tenner or something, and says, treat yourself. And then Mike comes up, doesn't he? And he's like, oh, she seems like a nice girl, Mickey. And he's like, yeah, you know how it is. Every now and then, someone likes a little bit of rough, and she <laughs> chose <chills> you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: This is where Mickey's, um, he's flashing the cash about a bit, isn't he? Because he buys, um Rod- Rodney asks for a drink and he buys him a big pint. And this is where we find out what um, Mickey's up to.
0: Yeah, yeah, because Rodney comes in and, you know, I say he buys him a big pint and then Rodney's like, Oi, oi, where'd you got all the money from? And Mickey mentions that he's working for Boise, um, selling and flogging pirate videos, Um, saying that Boise's quite heavily into that game, doesn't he? He makes it out like Boise's kind of doing it as like a second venture apart from his second hand cars.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's mentioned a few times. Um, One of the episodes was Slato's and he mentions Boise and his pirate videos. Um, So it's obviously a bit of a sideline. I think we've talked about it before. It's obviously something Boise's got going on in the background.
0: Yeah, because it also links to what we said. I know it's the next season, but when we spoke about Danger UXD and that, it's about Boise getting involved with the actual video recorders, isn't it? So he's obviously flogging them. As well yeah. as actual video cassettes. <laughs> Although, if he ever bought any videos from Dell, they'd probably be Betamax, wouldn't they?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. I, I, I would imagine Boyce is probably using that car business to launder money. I would have thought as well.
0: Oh, absolutely, after he wouldn't he?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: So Robbie um, says to Mickey, he's just um, come back from his evening class, and he's been given a grant, a ten thousand pound grant, uh, to make a community film. Um, and then Mickey gets all excited and says, you know, oh, you've got, you've got to write it, Rodney, because you wrote a book called The Indictment and sort of starts giving it all the pomps and Rodney's like a really good writer, basically. So obviously that Rodney takes that to hand or takes it's, that to mind, should I say, and he's quite excited, isn't
1: he? He is. His face lights up, little Rodney and his fucking ear-to-ear spaniel grin that he has.
0: <laughs> yeah, really dopey grin. <laughs> um, and then Dell and Albert come in. He <laughs> comes in and um triggers like, all right, Dale, what you having? What am I having? Bloody hard time with this morning, old git, or something like that. Like, Dale's in a bad mood straight away.
1: Turns out they've been uh, Albert's been humping bales of hay around, is what he says, and he's got yeah. he's got like hay in his beard, isn't he? And Mike, and then there's something growing in there, he's got a fucking bits yeah, of hay really... sticking out of his beard because <laughs> they um. Dale's done one of his complete bodge jobs. He's been down
0: to the zoo to steal some hay or something because like, I'm not even going to attempt to do it. But he goes on this really elaborate explanation. It's like Abdul's nephews, cousins, sisters, brothers, mates, mate. <laughs> you know, someone <laughs> or other. Monkey Harris's brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, nephew, niece. Yeah. <laughs> Tell that's actually... a massively elaborate story. It's like, why don't you just say, you know, need two people that you're going to sell product to.
1: I've actually got to hear what he says. It's Abdul's cousins, girlfriends, brothers, friend. And Monkey Harris's sister's husband's first wife's stepfather. <laughs> now, you have to wonder how many times uh, David Jason said that to get that right.
0: Yeah. And doesn't that just, make, couldn't you have just said, like, um, that could have been cut down completely simply, couldn't it? Because like, all those people are related to each other. So why don't you say, like, Monkey Harris's brother's stepfather or something like that?
1: That's dull, is it? Couldn't be simple.
0: <laughs> so anyway, he comes in and does this elaborate speech and <laughs> talks about a deal that he's going on with. And then he finds out that Rodney's making the um, film and everyone starts laughing, doesn't it?
1: So like, boys is intrig- probably taking the piss out of him, isn't he, Rodney, at this point? Didn't he say something about yeah. Mickey Mouse having a Rodney watch or something? Or I can't remember what he said. Something stupid like that, isn't it?
0: Yeah, because Rodney's like, I'll make a film. And Trigger's like, I wouldn't leave you the make a jelly. And then, yeah, like he's <laughs> like, I've heard rumours that Mickey Mouse wears a Rodney Trotter wristwatch or yeah. something <laughs> like that. <And> yeah. <laughs> then he just buggers off out of the pub anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so it then it sort of cuts to the flat after that. And Rodney's just kind of sat there looking completely blank with a pencil in his mouth, trying to figure out what to write. And then Dell comes storming in. With this huge box he's like yeah hang on out of the way out of the way he's all really excited and he slams it down on the table and Rodney's just there, looking completely dopey I mean that's a common look for Rodney really isn't he
1: it? looks it's particularly a... dopey in this scene now I did note that though he <laughs> even even for Rodney it's a very dopey look it is yeah <laughs> Adele whips the sort of cardboard box off he makes Rodney just close his eyes doesn't he he's like close your eyes close your eyes getting yeah, on, God, getting the excitement God. level up <laughs>
0: got a surprise for you, and Rodney opens his eyes, and his, his reaction just doesn't even change, does it? He just looks like
1: <laughs> He looks at it and just goes, it's a typewriter. And Dale's like, told you, that's the writer in him, or something like that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he recognises it, yeah. And Rodney's just suddenly... He looks like he's got, like, a toffee penny stuck to the roof of his mouth. With expression of a face.
1: And then Dale, Dale eggs him on to type something, he just sort of plonks his finger on the key, doesn't he? And Dale's like... Yeah. Got, he, You've got to hit it a bit. No, he's like it's a bit faint, and Dell's like you've got to hit it a bit harder. So he taps it a bit harder. Then Dell gives it a proper fucking whack down with his finger.
0: I was going to say that because Dell uses like proper like three fingers and whacks it. (laughs) It's like four or five keys, doesn't it? Probably writes a sentence. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, and this typewriter, I mean, I mean, this is back in the 80s, but this looks like it's from like the fucking 40s. This typewriter is bigger than some old box tellies used to be. It's huge, isn't it? It's a Dale, great big thing.
1: Dale says it's got the royal stamp of approval, and Roddy looks at it and he's like, oh yeah, Victoria Regina. so yeah, <laughs> Queen Victoria Aid. So yeah, this fucking typewriter is years old, even for the 80s.
0: And even, um, like Albert's trying to get all in there and muscling in He It's like, oh yeah, it's all royal appointment and crest, yeah. and getting all excited. And then um was just like, Well, go on then. Go on and write your story. And um and be creative. And Rodney's like, Well, I can't just be creative at the drop of a hat. I can't even think of a story.
1: Yeah, and so Del- we find out Rodney hasn't actually got a clue about a story at the moment.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like he's just sat there and said, Oh, would you have been gonna write a script about a story? And Del was like, uh, Rodney's like, Well, I've got to think about it and stuff. But luckily Dell being devil he's obviously thought of a story so he's willing to he's willing to help rodney isn't he?
1: <laughs> it's that it's, it's a jaws type story as he says
0: yeah and rodney's like no jaws has been done <laughs> like, no no not like this this is a different one this story is called there is a rhino loose in the city <laughs> and then albert comes back with
1: what's it about <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> and i like the way rodney's just like a rhino as in rhinoceros <laughs>
1: No, the, the, the other type of rhino. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's <laughs> Dale basically goes on this massive spiel about like this story about this rhino that's, like, loose in London <laughs> and is, like, murdering people, so then they get, like, a John Heston-type character detective and come and fucking like, track him down or something. It's so
1: fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like um the rhino's...
1: Fucking hell. He's like to escape from this, this fucking rider. <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm gone. I wasn't laughing this much watching it.
0: Yeah, I know. I was watching it earlier and I was like, chuckling away.
1: <laughs> it's just so when you, anyway, actually, you actually think about it, it's just fucking ridiculous.
0: It's just how Dale's plot is like, like, a rhino is rhino's missing from the zoo, <laughs> but no one's noticed. <laughs> and there's loads of dead people in London with rhinoceros footprints and everything. <laughs> and Charlton Eston's then... looking for it. And then they're like, but he, he's hiding in like a, a lock-up garage. And Rodney's like, is he leasing it? It's like, no, yeah. well, it's abandoned. He's fucking leasing it.
1: <laughs> the, the, um, Rodney's like, so uh, Dale says, well, no one knows about this rhino. And, Dale, and Rodney's like, what about the 8 million people in London? All the people yeah. in the and all the workers and stuff. And then Dale's like, you only." Know, <laughs> He <laughs> comes out at night. <laughs> is it a bad boy? <laughs> no, I can't even say it. Is it? <laughs> is it is a bad boy right now. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then he's like, no, it's all a vampire. Then it's like, Rodney like, puts all the pieces together. And he's like, but um, Charlton Eston like, finds the, the the place where he is, but he goes there at night. And then I was like, oh yeah, and the vampire's out, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and then Rodney's like, so this movie's like, there's a rhino missing from the zoo. <laughs> there's a load of people dead covered in rhino footprints. There's a lockout garage six foot deep in rhino crap. Charlton <laughs> Nescombe suspects the butler. Because Rod- <laughs> that was like, it's a bit of a done it, not it? Like yeah, Rodney's like, no we
1: know who done it. The bloody rhino done it. <laughs> oh, <fucking> <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm, I'm laughing. I don't know how they got through that scene in one take. They probably didn't, did they? That probably
1: looked fucking ages. Well, we, we couldn't get through it in one take. Well, we could. This is one take, but you know. <laughs> People listening thinking, fucking hell, these two are on so <laughs> Dale's like, it's a disaster movie. Rodney's like, disaster movie? It's a bloody calamity. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dale says about the rhino being a man-eater. <laughs> Yeah, Everybody's it,
0: running, no no and... rhinos rhinos eat vegetables and stuff
1: oh fucking hell that rhino jesus
0: yeah then dale was like um what is it um he wouldn't he wouldn't hide out in the city he'd want to be somewhere surrounded by um like vegetables and stuff so dale was like <laughs> well, we'll make him hide in the back of a like what's it <laughs> like health like, food, hell shop. food shop summer, yeah <laughs> <laughs> then Rod, <laughs> Roddy's Rod, like this, this story's crap, and Dell turns around and goes, "Well, let's call it what is that? Um, there's a rhino loose in the sticks where no sod lives, or something like that."
1: Yeah. Albert likes the idea, and I don't know if this is is because he he genuinely likes it, or whether he's just sticking up for Dell because he doesn't like to upset Dell, does he? He's like, "Oh, I like yeah. the idea."
0: <laughs> yeah, but he, he um, he does try and pay. Like I say, usually he goes along with Dell's plots, but then he also tries to boost Rodney's confidence a lot, doesn't he? So he's probably trying to do both angles here. He's thinking if he g- goes along with Dell, then it'll boost Rodney's confidence because he, Albert, probably honestly thinks Dell's trying to help Rodney, but the story's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Couldn't he even like, tell the listeners what it was about, about pissing themselves. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, Rodney obviously doesn't like the idea and he says they don't have a lot of money, but that's okay because Dell knows where there's a rhino going cheap.
0: Yeah, of <laughs> all the things to get in, in central London.
1: It's south now London,
0: isn't it, this place?
1: Yeah, well knowing it wouldn't have any horns or something, because there'd be something <laughs> missing, <laughs> wouldn't there?
0: Yeah. Um oh, and then God. um <laughs> so gotta got take a breath. <laughs> yeah, so then um Dell says um like about uh who are you hiring and stuff and then Rodney says like Mickey Pierce is gonna be directing <laughs> which um, Albert I think ribbed him in the previous scene actually sort of ribbed him in his head so that's a shrewd move because you've got the Byro, Mickey Penn's got the casting couch so Rodney kind of tucks himself up with that one but then yeah. Dell points out that he's um, he knows that there's a load of like actors local isn't it sort of thing
1: yeah that's right yeah but,
0: um, and that he can obviously get them in and then Rodney's like going oh I don't want to pay all these actors you know I want to try and do this myself but Rodney Dell gives him this list of everyone in town, pretty much, and sort of says that he's going to charge them a tenner a day to be in the film. So Dell was obviously prospering and making money off of this movie. And yeah. Rodney at first sounds like, oh, I don't want to do all this. You're exploiting people. But then when he sees a flash of the cash, he changes his tune, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, I've noticed as well, there's a couple of times where Dell gets a wad of cash out and he'll chuck Rodney a couple of notes. He's like, here's your share. But he literally gives him about 20 quid. He's got about 200 quid, say. So I don't know if they're tenners or what they are. Say he's got 200 quid in a bundle, he'll, he'll just chuck Rodney 20 quid and that's his share. It doesn't give him a yeah. lot, considering Rodney's doing the bulk of the work.
0: Yeah, yeah, he always has a massive wad, doesn't he? Um, one thing about this scene, actually, or oh, two things that I noticed. In the background, there's boxes of, uh, I think it's Raja computers, isn't it? Which are yeah. quite a pivotal point for the Frog's legacy, which that's I don't know right. came before or after this season. It must have come after, but I just noticed them stacked up in the back.
1: Yeah, I think, I think they're in a couple of um, episodes. You see them in the background. Um, I think another one when, okay, I think it's another special when Dale's going through some old stock. There's a box of uh, Raja computers as well. But you're right, they're in the Frog's Legacy. They're one of the main sort of parts of that, that episode, aren't they?
0: Yeah, they are kind of like the, um, the kind of the hook, aren't they, that make him go down to Hampshire and bits and pieces like that. So they are actually yeah. quite at the forefront. And another thing about this particular scenario, we mentioned last week that John Sullivan, he kind of revisits little gags here and there, like the one where Rodney leaves the house in his pajamas and then comes back and then later on Dell does it. Yeah. This scene is kind of redone again. I think it's an episode called it's a special called Manner from Peckham when they're trying to write another story and they both just get completely drunk, but they're talking about Doing a thing like Harry Potter, and then he's like, "We'll just call it Harry Trotter." You just need some little dopey kid with John Lennon's specs on, or something. Yeah, that's right. Pair of them sat there trying to write a story, isn't it?
1: Yeah, because they come up with the um, the the Mel Gibson in the the bloody plane crash on a deserted island, and all that, don't they? In that one.
0: Yeah, and then they mention like Julia Roberts, which I suppose at the time those two were doing a few movies together, like Conspiracy Theory, was probably out around that time. But um, yeah, I just I just suddenly thought, you know, they did. He has revisited this kind of little scene or this scenario later on as well so it's another one that he's kind of repeated on himself
1: that's a good shout i didn't pick up on that but yeah that's a good good shout there
0: um so then we cut to a scene in the chinese takeaway where (laughs) the three crotters are there and they're sort of ordering their food and then um he still likes
1: no i was just gonna say there's there's something i picked up on this that the um the the chinese um food shop owner comes out and he's talking to Dell. And I think Dell calls him Tony. He always calls people John or Tony, doesn't he? And um, it's the Chinese the the guy hasn't doesn't know their order, and he's asking Dell what he wanted, and then he, he goes back in to cook the food, and Dale turns around and says, "Bloody, how he can't even speak the lingo, can he?" And that's just yeah. another thing where we pick up on these little things that you probably again wouldn't get away with these days. Just yeah, not, yeah again, not, not really... a racist comment, but it's, it just you probably wouldn't be able to do that now.
0: Yeah, because the character. Um... Tony, which is probably not his real name, um, uh, he, he is obviously a Chinese fella, but he speaks really like an exaggerated, you know, like when we said before, you like when Americans have British characters, they also have a really over the top accent, don't they? Yeah. And vice versa, and so on, as it is with Australians. And like the guy is speaking in a really overly Chinese um, accent. It's like, you know, out his arm breath or something yeah. like that. And it's like, yeah. again, stuff like that just probably wouldn't fly these days, would it, on TV? No, exactly.
1: His name's kaju according to, to what I've got in front of me here. But He's just down as the takeaway owner, so he's not down as being called Tony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um Because he, he appears in a couple of episodes because a few scenes that are shot on this takeaway and they're always quite short scenes like this one, aren't they? Just to kind of yeah. break up an episode, but we've had Denzel in there before. This is where Denzel actually finds out about the explosive dolls, isn't it? So is that right is that the same
1: restaurant then? Excuse yeah, his. Is-
0: yeah, because it's always the same Chinese restaurant. It's always shot from the same angle as well. So I assume that's the same character on each one.
1: Oh, OK. Yeah, that would make sense.
0: Um, so the boys are there waiting for their food. And then Boise walks in with Marlene and they're arguing about having just been down the hospital to have more tests. Um, and then Boise turns around and spots the Trotters staring at him. And Dell says he likes to take him out once in a while for a takeaway to keep morale up or something like
1: that. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> is like, I didn't know you guys were dining out tonight, didn't he? <laughs>
0: yeah, and then he walks up and just, like, grabs Marley's ass again, like usual, doesn't he? And, like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, standard. <laughs> and then he's...
0: Yeah, exactly. And then he's like, well, all right, Marlene, there's my little grandson in there. And Marlene's like, well, no, and he's not likely to be any time soon with him around. <laughs> and then Poison like, goes bright red, doesn't he? Ah, sort of,
1: like, oh, his red. face. It's the face of thunder in there.
0: Yeah, and he's like, Marlene, you can't discuss personal matters in a Chinese restaurant, and all that sort <laughs> of thing. And then Marlene basically it turns out that um, all this time that Boise has been thinking it's something wrong with Marlene as to why they can't have children. It's turned out that it's uh Boise, and uh, as Marlene says, he's firing more blanks in the territorials.
1: <laughs> yes, good and, line that one. <laughs> and then um, they
0: sort of they sort of go on and leave
1: as and, um. um just going back to the unpolitically correct things as well, as um as they're leaving, Dale turns around and says, Bye bye Boise in a very camp voice. And uh again
0: wave, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, and um also um he says something about Boise being a Nufta, which again I don't think you get away with these days. Yeah, because um he's also
0: the point as well when he says um Boyce is a jaffer, doesn't he? And Rodney's like, a yeah. jaffer? Yeah, he's seedless.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the point as well, after Boyce and Marlene leave, that Rodney's, you can tell how pissed off he is with Dell about this film. They start having a bit of an argument about it, don't they? And again, Dale tries to fob him off and gives him another couple of notes out of the wad he's got in his pocket.
0: Yeah, and Rodney, once again, is like, I'm not interested. in Dale's like, well, if you don't want your share, and it's always like he's just putting it back in his pocket, and then De- Rodney changes his mind, doesn't he? And yeah. takes whatever it is, 20 quid, 30 quid, even though Dale's got like a fucking grand in his hand or something like that. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's also, as well, before um, Boise and Marlene leave, Marlene talks about their 20-year anniversary, and that they've, they've hired the pub out for that, and obviously the Trotters are invited, which would yeah. lead us on to the next scene, in fact.
0: Yeah, um, I was just going to mention that because it's sort of an oversight. Um, so we actually go to the flat next before we, we do. go to the pub right. anniversary. And Rodney's typing still. <laughs> and then Dale comes out. Dale's getting all, you know, he's got his splash of brew and his jacket on and he's getting ready to go out. And he wonder asks me how things are
1: going. I wonder where he's going. because uh, Is it to the next scene? Because obviously Rodney doesn't go with them, so I'm assuming not. Because he, he, he goes out, he goes out of Albert, doesn't he? He takes Albert, obviously, probably dropping Albert somewhere. The bloody British Legion, wherever he goes.
0: I swear, Dell says he's off to do that, finish off that business with Monkey Aris that they discussed at the start when he came into the pub, saying about like the hay and everything.
1: Ah, yeah, and also he, um, he's, he's, I think he's going to drum up some more business because doesn't he ask Rodney what a natural birth is? Oh uh, yeah, he's for trying no to get reason. a few more, um, a few more things for uh, Mickey to film. I think that's probably where he's going.
0: Yeah, so he's sort of getting ready to go out, and um, he asked Rodney how the typings going, and Rodney's like, "Well, I've got some problems with this typewriter." As you know, there would be because Dell got it, and <laughs> he's like, "The the T and the A are missing." And Dale's like, "Is that a problem?" Well, it is. I want to write words like at.
1: <laughs> so again, Dell's uh, got hold of something with things missing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and um, correct myself from earlier, but this is actually the scene where um Dell mentions about all the businesses and actors that are local and all the um people that he thinks um rodney should put into his film which then makes rodney feel even more exploited and um he gives him a list of businesses and says that all these people are local so make sure you mention them all into your script that you're writing
1: yeah then And he then men-
0: there's no- Sorry, no, carry on.
1: i was gonna say he mentions the seventh heaven sauna parlor as one of the, yeah. the businesses to mention
0: he does yeah and it's like oh is the undertaker's on the list and rodney looks like no oh well bear it in mind yeah <laughs> so as um Dell and Albert are leaving. Mickey Pierce comes in with his camera.
1: Oh, he looks like um, a right fucking idiot. He thinks he's some kind of director, does not he? With his little cap and that on.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he's got like a little flat cap. It's like his little like oh no, fake leather jacket. It's got to be fake. It doesn't even look. Real. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a, he looks like the shittest version of Steven Spielberg you can
1: imagine.
0: <laughs> his little handy cam, and he comes in.
1: Little is fucking he's, massive.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Big fucking shoulder thing. But he's got this random little handle for it, hasn't he? So he's kind of <laughs> wrong-handing it.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so he comes in, and Rodney's obviously looking miserable, starts moaning that Dell's tucked him up for all these businesses, and he gives Mickey the list, and Mickey looks at it, and he's like, he hasn't got The Undertaker's on there. <laughs> yes. And then like, oh, but you knew about it, and you're fucking, you know, doesn't say fucking, but he's like, you know, you're on it <laughs> as well, making some money. And then Mickey's like, well, you know, it's good money, isn't it, at the end of the day? because Mickey's basically obviously a right little rat and he? he'll do anything for a quick quid.
1: Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's he's probably one of the dodgiest characters, actually, Mickey.
0: Yeah, you can't trust him. And then no. <laughs> the, the camera shoots, so we're kind of looking at... um, We're behind Mickey, and we're looking at Rodney, who's facing Mickey, and then Amanda, from the first scene, walks in <laughs> behind him. It was, obviously, she's all punked up and everything. And Rodney turns around and he literally jumps like he's just seen a fucking ghost. <laughs> like yeah, he does. Yeah. Across the fucking set.
1: She's wearing a nurse's uniform, isn't she?
0: Well, she's got like a long Mac on it this time, hasn't she? Oh, the she has, ass,
1: yeah, like, yeah. One, yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and Mickey's like, this is Amanda. It's a what? It's Amanda.
1: <laughs> I love the way he says that. It's a what?
0: It's <laughs> yeah. so obviously that uh, the punk look was a bit too much for Rodney to Handle.
1: This is the scene, as well, where he's got his trousers so high up. I know I talked about it in another episode, but this is one where you really notice it. They are brushing his fucking nipples. They're so high up.
0: Dude, I'm so glad you noticed that, because I actually had that in capitals here on my nose. <laughs> Rodney's trousers in this scene are so fucking high. You know? my kid, <laughs> he, he literally is, and he's like he's wearing a fucking onesie.
1: It's mad. It's like, how did he get them up there? What are his balls doing? They must be up around his... I don't know. <laughs>
0: The thing is, they look like the you know baggy trousers. Anyway, they're like ex-army ones, the sort of thing you'd get in like back in the day, like an old army surplus store. Aren't yeah, they? yeah. Like that. But yeah, they are literally like you say. They're like you could have just latched them onto his nipples, and he have been all right. Oh dear. Yeah. There's actually um, a continuity issue here as well, okay. Which I will touch on in a second, but um, Mickey says to rodney like why don't you go make a nice cup of tea and then we'll all go down the pub so mickey um rodney goes off into the kitchen and then suddenly amanda whips off her jacket and she's wearing a nurse uniform that jt mentioned so mickey starts filming her and he's basically filming a porno basically with her in he obviously to make some money yeah. yeah rodney comes back in and sort of sees it and then he's like mickey you can I have a word with oh, you and sort wow. of pulls him to one side and he's like what are you doing And then Mickey, this is where the continuity issue is. So Mickey says he's been working for Boise, selling all the videos, so he knows where to flog them. So he's got the camcorder. He's going to make some of his own and um, get some profit from it and, you know, do a bit of business on the side. And now in this next scene, we won't touch on it too much, but in the next scene, Boise introduces this film as his film, as Night Nurse, but Mickey was doing it on the side.
1: Yep, I've got Um, exactly the same thing here in my notes. (laughs) Exactly. You, uh, uh... Yeah, I was going to question you about it, but you've beaten me to it. Yeah, I've I've got exactly the same. Why? Yeah, why, has, so... why has Boise got that film? He shouldn't. He should never have had it.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a few other issues with that particular scene in a minute when we get to it. But yeah, I just really picked up on that, and I was like, you know, Boise shouldn't know about all this because surely he'd be pissed off that Mickey's doing something on the side.
1: I, um... I, th- I thought I was missing a point when I wrote it down. I was going to question you, but I'm glad you picked up on it as well.
0: Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm glad you picked it on as well because I've watched this episode so many times, and just today I was like, "Hang on a minute, that that doesn't make sense." Yeah. Um. So Rodney obviously basically tells them they can have their cup of tea and then sling their hook basically, and that's the end of that scene. And then we move on to the pub where the anniversary is happening. Um, that Marlene mentioned, so everyone's there celebrating. Loads of people are coming up to Rodney, sort of pretending oh, Mike does that, um of all the bars and all the world, you had to walk in the mine and all that yeah. sort of... Everyone, everyone, he, everyone he basically interacts with does a movie yeah. quote for him, doesn't he?
1: Even um going back to the Chinese restaurant, even Marlene tries to get a part, mentioning she's, uh, she used to be a bit of an actress. That's when Boise said it all, it all went tits up when talkies came along. Yeah, something like that. He's <laughs> yeah.
0: such a, a <laughs> bastard, isn't
1: <it>? he? <laughs> <laughs> He's quite nasty to her. <laughs>
0: It is, yeah yeah cuz she's like it's our anniversary 20 years ain't it marvelous and they just so they fucking hate each other don't they
1: I think it's the point in their marriage now where it's probably easier to stay together yeah
0: cuz <laughs> he's such he's such a spiteful git towards her
1: even <laughs> even spoiler alert after Tyler's born they still row all the time don't they
0: yeah but it's actually quite amusing as well cuz I actually like their scenes um of those who just just bickering back and forth. Because, again, oh, yeah. like most things in Only Fools, it's the two people, they do it so well and they work together. And I think that's one of the lasting things. Like everyone in Only Fools seems to have really good chemistry.
1: They're, they're brilliant together. And um, I follow them both on Twitter and they, they still interact with each other on there quite a lot.
0: Yeah, because um, John Chalice, oh, who plays Boise, he does a lot of conventions and stuff still, doesn't he? Um... Yeah,
1: he does. yeah, he does. he does. There's an Only Fools one every year, which I think we should try and get to next year if we're allowed out of the house. Um, yeah, have, yeah if yeah,
0: it's not. we'll
1: definitely go. He normally um he normally appears in that, or oh, not appears in it, but he, yeah, he normally sort of turns up in that and does photos and signatures and stuff. So yeah, he's still very uh, involved in the only Fools scene long, long after the show finished.
0: which which is good, cause I don't I know I've heard his voice on a few TV commercials and they did a spin off the Green, Green grass, but I don't think I've seen him in much else other than this.
1: No, I mean, just going by what he he does on Twitter, he's written a few books and stuff, but acted wise, I don't really know what he's done recently. Nothing, I don't think.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking here. He's um Let's have a quick look and then we'll get we'll finish off. <laughs> we'll stand up digressing. <laughs> but yeah, he's done like the usual rounds. He's been in Doctor Who somewhere along the line.
1: <laughs> of course he uh... has been in casualty though, has he?
0: And not that oh. I can see here, but I wouldn't surprise <laughs> I don't know if he's in like the bill or anything. He was in a TV show called Bloomers. Um the law center. This is going back to the late seventies. This is he was in Coronation Street. <laughs> he was in Coronation Street for quite a while, actually. Um nineteen sixty-seven to nineteen seventy-seven. He played a detective.
1: Oh right. Yeah,
0: reappearing called George Naylor. If you're any hardcore Coronation Street fans out there, yeah, Boise was on there. And he didn't was in he, the new Avengers.
1: Didn't he base the Boise character, the way he spoke in something, on a character he played in a previous show? I believe that's how he got the Boise voice and stuff. And I think that's where John Sullivan got him from. He watched him in this other show talking as he does Boise. And that's why he, he was chosen and cast as Boise.
0: I have heard that story. because I remember about a year or so ago, Gold did like a, the story of Only Fools. And I remember it being mentioned on there. Yeah. Um, an interesting thing here, just looking, he was in Open All Hours, which David Jason was also in.
1: Oh, right.
0: Um, it was one episode, he appeared as a bread man, so it shows that their paths crossed.
1: Yeah. And, that, and, his most recent thing is actually Benedorm, wasn't it? He was in that, which I never, I never watched. watched I didn't know what was I in there. No, I didn't, but I have seen him mention it on Twitter a few times, and it's just come up here. His most prominent recent television role, Monty Staines in Benedorm. So that's that would be what he's been up to recently.
0: This is something I'm surprised I've overlooked, being a, as you know, I'm a bit of a horror fan. He was in 1974... He was in a Dracula TV movie, Stockton on T's Clerk. So it's probably a minor part. So I have seen that version of Dracula, probably overlooked him. But yeah, yeah. He's, been in, he's been in a fair few things.
1: He's 78 now as well. But I suppose um, David Jason's 80, so it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Oh, good man. Good old John Chalice. Um, but back to the scene at hand. <laughs> um, Rodney's having a hard time because everyone's obviously trying to get in on his movie. And then all the lads, everyone's saying, oh, we're going out to the back room. This is also the line where Rodney's talking to a vicar, um, <laughs> and he's like, "I married a young couple twenty years ago, though I had hoped that we'd have the sound of a uh, pitter patter of little feet by now." And Rodney says something like really elaborate, like, "I heard that." Um, oh, What's he says? Something like, about the precarious cannot... state of the world. Yeah,
1: yeah they're not they're not going to have a baby because of the yeah the precarious state of the world and stuff. Sort of don't know. I don't know if he means it. or Whether he's just trying to fob the vicar off.
0: Yeah, and he's like, yeah, because of the economics upset and all this stuff. And the big side, oh, really? I heard Boise was a jaffer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they just us off.
1: He goes off with Mickey. I think they're going off to film a christening, aren't they? Which is where this yeah, this now the point we're going to talk about. We just mentioned a, a minute ago about where the video came from doesn't stack up because Mickey's not even there when they're watching it. He's buggered off.
0: Yeah, he's gone off to do a christening. So basically all the lads have gone into a back room and, um, and Boise's doing this big speech. So basically, he's presenting the, the premiere of his um pirate porno <laughs> videos, Night Nurse, which he's again is a video a, he could
1: know nothing about. He's waving a cocktail sausage around as well while he's talking. <laughs> <laughs> he
0: is, he? Yeah, he's got a cognac in one hand and a fucking cocktail sausage. And he's still got the cigar in his mouth when he's talking. It's like, fucking hell.
1: Multitasking. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is a proper light. I mean, you probably remember better than me, but I remember going to pubs as a kid with like my dad or my parents and stuff. And this back room is just a proper old grotty function room, yeah. isn't it? It's just yeah. full of cigar smoke and everything, like dirty looking green curtains and manky wallpaper. It's such oh, like a. Yeah. The walls would be like yellow, yes.
1: yellow nicotine stained walls. Yeah, definitely. The carpet, guaranteed, it's one of those dark ones with the patterns on it.
0: Yeah, they're probably, you can't even see anymore because they're just full of fucking beer stains or something like that. But yeah, it's just yeah. a proper grotty room. Yeah. So Boise puts the video on and there's another bit here and I know we've discussed it before, but basically you see what Mickey was filming when he was in the flat and it pans around and they're all like going, oh, well, look at, you know, this looks low budget and stuff. And then they're like, where do they get these grotty flats from? How the hell does Dell Not know that that's his bloody flat yeah. on the fucking on the TV.
1: Yeah, he's like, he's laughing along with him. I'd be like, hold on, that's mine. <laughs>
0: Yeah, So it's his living room, but he's like you say chuckling away, the and then Amanda comes on, and Mike's like, "Oh, I recognise her or something," and then they're yeah. all getting into this video, and it keeps cutting to Rodney's face, which just <laughs> looks more and more fucking stupid as as things go on.
1: Yeah, she's getting getting undressed basically. She's taking her nurse's uniform off and the bra off, and you see her waving it about.
0: Yeah, and then it cuts to a scene where like it's just her bra dangling but then there's a cut of Rodney coming out of the kitchen with the <laughs> kettle noticing amanda's naked and be like oh bloody hell and running off and then everyone's face just kind of drops completely and then Rodney's literally like he's just sneaking out the door and he's like a fucking yeah. grasshopper he's so lanky he's kind of stepping out the fucking door
1: <laughs> yeah so again just before we cut to the, the last bits going back on what we said so a where would boys have got this video from why yeah. I mean, obviously, video editing and stuff probably wasn't so prominent back then, and Mickey probably didn't know how to edit videos. But if Mickey has filmed this, why is he not cut the bit with Rodney out? Why why is that still in there? Rodney come running out of the kitchen with a fucking kettle in his hand. just <laughs> doesn't really stack up, that scene. Obviously, the it scene's got to be in it, because it's the end of the episode and the punchline. But
0: <laughs> The bit as well is when you're actually watching it, we're watching the scene as we saw it previously. It's not shot from the angle that the video camera would have been at. Because you actually see Rodney come out like pretty much full on in front of the camera, don't you? But Mickey was stood to the side of the room. So yeah. the camera would have been showing probably the front door of the Trotters flat and Amanda on the sofa. Yeah,
1: yeah you're And it right. would
0: have been a side view of Rodney. So they just use the footage. I know it's a little load to show probably do this. But yeah, it's not actually the footage. So it would have been shot by Mickey.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's literally re- replaying what we saw 10 minutes earlier. Yeah. yeah.
0: So then, um, it cuts to the final scene, and Dale's got like Rodney up against the wall, and not he, by the front, <laughs> like saying, you know, yeah, what do you think you're trying to do to me? And then he, this is actually, um, the very first mention of the Driscoll brothers this bit. Yeah, because he's, um, he's saying, you know, you're getting involved in all these videos and stuff, and Rodney's like, oh, don't worry if um, Boyce is upset, I'll give him some money. And then Dale's like, it's not Boyce I'm worried about. Don't you know he's backing him on this project? It's the Driscoll brothers. And then Roddy's like, I've never heard of him. And he goes, well, we better hope they've never heard of you. And yeah. then he says he's going to go and like destroy all the videos and make sure that they, hopefully the Driscoll brothers don't find out. But that's actually the first mention of them,
1: It um, is, I believe. You say he's going to destroy all the videos. I'd imagine there's he's got the one video I'm in his hand. In it, yeah. <laughs> so but I imagine there's only one copy. But where did, did, I'm assuming he got it out of the video recorder at the pub and took it out because you don't actually see him get the video, do you? You thought Boise would have probably taken it rather than Dell.
0: Yeah, because you literally see Rodney before it cuts to the, this. The last scene in that room is Rodney stepping out of the door. Yeah. And the next thing you know, we're back at the flat and Dell's got like Rodney by the throat
1: with the video I'm in his in his wall, hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So obviously he took he took the video out of the player, not Boise.
0: Yeah. So um, Dell runs off to the lab. I don't know why he's going to try and flush a video cassette <laughs> down the toilet, but he's he's going to give it a try anyway. This is <laughs> Del
1: <we're talking> about. <laughs> exactly. probably probably worked in his mind somehow.
0: Yeah. And then Mickey comes in, doesn't he? Looking all like fucking seedy and rat-faced. He's like, <laughs> yeah. "All right, Rodney, I brought a few friends over." And then Rodney like, "Oh, do come in, Mickey, nice and loud." And then Dell comes charging out of the fucking room like a bull in a china shop, doesn't he? And chases <laughs> Mickey and all his like little punk girlies out of the house, and he storms off.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the people Mickey comes in. It's Amanda with him again. She is, isn't she? I think.
0: Yeah, but there's, like, three
1: or four others as well. There's Amanda, there's some, like, busty blonde who looks like a proper 80s porn star and some big black guy, I think, come in with him.
0: Yeah. Where where, where does Mickey go? Because he doesn't like the sort of guy that kind of hangs out in those kind of circles.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The black guy looks like he's out of village people. He's got fucking shades on in, like, this really camp (laughs) outfit. (laughs) Yeah, what's he doing in Peckham? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then... um. Dell storms off and Rodney's just laughing, and then the phone rings, and it's his teacher, isn't it? And he's um, Mr.
1: Stevens, I believe his name is.
0: Mr. Stevens, indeed. And he's like, Oh, did you get my script? Um, give me your feedback and be truthfully honest with me. <laughs> and then we don't hear what's being said, but we see Rodney's face like slowly dropping, don't we? And he's like <laughs> yeah. playing with his ear and looking all sheepish. He's like, Oh, well, oh, yeah, that is brutally honest, isn't it? <laughs> and then this is where we find out that Dell's obviously been playing his um side game again, because he um apparently the teacher says something to him and then Rodney's like oh no don't worry we can change it because my brother knows where he can get us a rhino
1: <laughs> yeah because um also Mr Stevens again we don't hear him talk but he he's upset about all the people in it and stuff and Rodney's like oh no they're all pivotal to the plot so obviously he's he's read the script and seen that half of Peckham's in this bloody thing Rodney's doing yeah <laughs> we so never Dan's do actually down
0: there.
1: yeah we do, never actually find out what Rodney was actually doing though do we what he actually presented is his script.
0: Yeah, because at one point, um, he mentions, doesn't he, like that if the film's good enough, it can be shown in like the National Film Theatre or something like that. Um, yeah, I swear, I swear, he mentions it. But yeah, we don't actually know what Rodney was going to write or what, indeed, he handed in. Obviously, some hodgepodge <laughs> that Dell and Mickey had helped him with, but his original idea, we obviously don't know what that was going to be.
1: Yeah. But obviously, wasn't as good as a, a rhino loose in the city, was it? So,
0: <laughs> wasn't. Don't get started on that again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but uh, that's um, that's the end of the episode. And um, again, it's one of those episodes. It's only twenty nine minutes long, but it's just a good. It's a funny, fast paced um episode. It's kind of standalone, although it does yeah. introduce a few concepts, like we say, at the computers. It mentions Driscoll Brothers, but it's just a classic. Only fools all the tropes. That you expect from only Fools are all present and accounted for in this episode and I think even if you've never seen an episode you could watch this and get the gist of it straight away
1: absolutely yeah it's not an episode where like you say bread roll you need to to know the ins and outs of the characters and stuff the only thing that really is an ongoing character development in this would be the Boise and Marlene thing but again it's not essential that you you knew their backstory if you just watch this one as a standalone episode but it is bloody stupid it's funny i mean obviously we nearly died talking about it um (laughs) it it is just a stupid stupid thought of this bloody rhino and people might be a bit why have they got that so high you know it's above episodes that people know and love but it's just because it's it's silly it's funny it's just a good little episode that stands on its own
0: yeah absolutely um and we've we've mentioned a lot, um, quite a few of the episodes we've covered recently, I think two or three of them at least, are from season six, and people are probably thinking you don't like any other seasons, um, but season mm-hmm. five is actually one of my favourites. There's only one episode on there that I like all Only Fools and Horses episodes. The only episode in season five that I like a little bit less, because it's just been really overplayed throughout the years, is Miracle of Peckham. I
1: Otherwise, agree.
0: Season five is a really, really solid series.
1: I, I agree with that actually. Miracle of Peckham, it's a good episode, but it seems to be one that's always shown, and it is probably the, the the weakest episode of of series five, without a doubt. Not not a bad episode, but the other ones were a lot stronger, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it is a good episode in its own right, but as we say, it's just so overplayed, and it's like it's almost a bit of an effort to watch it now. But it is, like you say, it's still good in its own right. Apparently, in this episode, and I actually looked. I knew about this, but I forgot to properly look out for it when I was re-watching it. But there is apparently a blooper where, after they leave the takeaway, there's a boom mic visible when Della's getting ready to go out while Rodney's um, typing. Okay. So that scene where he's putting his brute on and everything, and, Del's, and Rodney's saying like the A and the T are missing, and apparently the boom mic is present. Oh, that right. could... I didn't notice it, and I usually pick up on these things, so
1: yeah, you're I don't know quite if that was from that.
0: The, the original original production because even on the dvd ones and stuff they've done little edits and bits and pieces they might have even cut it out on the versions we've got
1: possibly i know there's an episode and i don't i couldn't tell you which one but there's an episode i've picked up on where you can see a mic in a mirror in the trotters flat it it sort of appears in this mirror while they're talking but obviously it's not that not that moment i don't know what episode that's in but i didn't i didn't notice a mic i watched it earlier and i didn't notice anything but sometimes they're so subtle you have to really be looking for it yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think where this episode, I say it flows and it sort of jumps back and forth a little bit and it, you, you focus in more on like the story and the dialogue because some classic one liners in this um, and some just classic dialogue in general. Like we said about the rhino loose in the city, it's just such an amazing, such a well done scene by David Jason. Um, but yeah, overall, this is definitely a good episode. Um, worthy, as you can tell, in our opinion of being number four on our list. And as always, um, if you don't agree, or even if you do agree, let us know on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hyperbaric Goats. Or you can email us at the thehyperbaricgoats at gmail.com.
1: Indeed. And uh, give us a, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you listen. Or give us a one-star rating. Just give us a rating. Just let us know what's going on.
0: Yeah, any, any messages or any comments, we will reply to them. I hope you've been enjoying uh, the series so far. And join us next week when we start heading into the top three.
1: Yeah, we're getting getting serious now.
0: We are getting serious. Some uh, some good episodes to come, and I look um, forward to discussing them with you uh, next week.
1: Indeed, indeed, bread roll.
0: Cool. So until then, I've been bread roll with JT, and bonjour from us.
1: Bonjour indeed.